everybody to another episode of the Key Items Podcast, your local Southern Fried Podcast right here in Georgia. I'm your host, James, giving to you all the geek, chic, and unique with my co-host, Dustin, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. And Arnold, say hi to the people. I don't want to. Okay. Well, bye, hello, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode. I want to apologize again for another episode coming out late. It probably will not go up until after I finish recording this episode, um, which is funny because I edited that episode the day after we recorded it. Um, it's ready. It's just sitting there. Um, I got busy throughout this week, and then yesterday... When I finally was like, I'm going to upload the episode, I just got hit with the grunge of um, my second COVID shot. Um, I wasn't like severely sick or anything from it, but I just had like muscle fatigue, which is just really annoying. And I was doing a lot of stuff even that day. So it just made it worse. I didn't actually sit down and rest um, until much later in the day. And then I had Mm -hmm. to run a Vampire the Masquerade tabletop campaign for some newbies to vampire the masquerade which any dm can understand can be difficult when you're doing it as a one shot um and vampire the masquerade in the lore in and of itself has a lot of rules um it went well though so there's that yay um (laughs) welcome everyone though um Today's episode, it's our Final Fantasy episode. Um, I will have this episode up in the month to stick with the theme, if anything. Um, it's our fourth Final Fantasy episode. Um, and you can guess what number that is if you've been keeping track. Um, but before we do all that, we were actually having an interesting discussion. And so I'm going to just quickly, well, not quickly, but like I'm going to throw us into our next issues. Next Issues is part of the podcast where we talk about things that have been up. Um, I have a few things, but let's con- let's just go where we were, and then we can just kind of mix and match if we feel like it today. Mix and match. Um, okay. I guess it's technically my news. It yeah. It, well, anyway, yeah, like we, we were talking about um, the Humble Bundle. Yeah. So for people who are, are not aware, Humble Bundle, where it used to be, because it's changing now for some reason. Uh, well, we know the reason. They money, money. money uh, Humble Bundle. Really what it what it was was that a whole bunch of like game developers would put their games on there for cheap, so that they could raise money for a charity. Uh, so like you'd see, typically it's indie games. So you'd see like um, Dusk, Shovel Knights, um, Papers Please, those type of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd be like on sale, like as like not just one game, but like maybe five or six games for like a dollar and then if the more money you add the more other the more games, the more games you, you get, get. You go up in tiers yeah. but you would have sometimes more than like oh go ahead Dustin. sorry i was gonna say and sometimes there'd even be things that weren't even like regular video games like you'd have like a bundle of like graphic novels in digital form mm-hmm. or like um one time i bought tabletop books that way and got like actual like a physical book among other things any, yeah, like anything software that's sometimes. Yeah, anything that's nerdy. I had a friend that I got them to buy um, a bunch of manga. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't know, however, it was going to be digital. And I remember, like, 
talking to them going like you thought you paid like fifteen dollars for for twenty five manga <laughs> like the physical thing and they were like oh my goodness they weren't physical they were digital oh my god um I had a laugh at their expense but um I was going to say that yeah so anything nerdy and you wouldn't spend more than maybe thirty five forty dollars on these bundles but you would get this like the Equivalent of like $235 worth of material. So, yeah. So, go ahead, Arnold. And so, apparently, um, who who was it that brought them again? Um, Ziff Davis, which is a big publishing company. They used to make physical magazines, things like, I think they owned EGM, Electronic Game Monthly, back in the day. Um, They're a big publisher. They own IGN now, and so they're mostly moved to digital because that's what they rather... They adapted instead of just, you know, collapsing as something did. Yeah, know. so this so this company basically has now bought Humble Bundle the the company. So mm-hmm. now all your money that used to go to charity will be be limited apparently. Uh they'll mm-hmm. be testing the limit to up to fifteen percent. So testing like let's say go ahead. <laughs> If you wanted Will to donate, still buy these things. If we don't, go, if it doesn't go to charity, what hmm. it sounds Ooh. like to me. Sorry, Arnold, for us interrupting it, but like it That's sounds right. like testing the limit sounds. How much money can we get without someone getting mad at us? Yes, mm-hmm. that's the limit they're testing. But go ahead, Arnold. Go ahead. So before how it work is that when you buy, when you input how much like you want to donate, um. There'd be three like meters at the bottom of the page that shows here's the amount that goes to the website, here's the amount that goes to the developers of the games, and then here's the amount that goes to uh, whatever the charity that you pick. I think you can pick what charity, right at the bottom. Yeah, um, yeah. sometimes uh, certain bundles would be like dedicated to a certain charity, like yeah, they yeah. might have, for example. Um, stuff that was like they might have music software and it goes to some foundation to mm-hmm. to give people like music education to like mm-hmm. schools that are in like low income. Yeah. yeah. So like, so in general, like you had the power of hey, I want to put this much money at X, Y, and Z. I want it that way. Okay, I'm gonna send it off now. Now apparently, if you, I think if I can share this image with you guys, the image like moves. So like, I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you can click on it and open it, do you see where the adjust donation little block is there? Yes. When you click on it, only two options come up. One is the default donation, which the publisher and Humble Bundle itself gets a massive portion of. And the donation is for charity is like very limited to where there's extra two donations where the publisher and Humble Bundle still get a bigger portion but the charity gets a little bit more. That's it. There's no meter. There's just two options you click on that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no. Not down for that. It's, you know what? This is a bigger problem in gaming. Where I'm like, I think people want people to create their own pirate crews. I <laughs> think people want One Piece. I think, develop, I think game distributors, and for that matter... Um, television and movie streaming services i think they want people to go out and pilfer i I think i think they do because what the fuck is wrong with all of you guys (laughs) like you guys keep making it harder for us to access stuff through one service or one means and you you're making us split our money up more and more and more 
And you're and then for things like this, for like donating things, that usually gives a great service to gamers, but then also can allow us to give more money to somebody else. Um like, like I'm I'm like, do you think we're gonna like this? Like, don't get me wrong, the grading gaming cosmos doesn't care. Most people, most gamers, their brainwaves don't go beyond the games they like. Um, I'm not even judging them on that. This is just a statistical fact. Um, you will find JRPG gamers out there. You'll say, have you heard about the crap that's happened with EA? And they go, I don't talk about jock games. And then you'll mm-hmm. go to like some person that plays Tekken or some shit. And they'll say, have you heard about how Square Enix is like a crappy company with this and this? And I don't listen to people who make chocobo games. You know, like <laughs> it's gamers are very overall as a group of individuals can be considered what like somewhat short, short, short sighted. And, and I don't always think of that as negative. Gaming for a lot of people is a pleasurable experience and they want to keep it nice and fun for them. Um, I do think once you become an adult, that's dangerous to think in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you you just are an adult. I hate to break it to you, but now it's time for you to grow up and learn more. Um, but overall, most gamers still don't know. Um, they don't. They just don't. Um, and I just I. But then there's gamers like us, the the whiners, as people like to call it sometimes, the people who are always critiquing things. Like, what do you want us to do? Like, what do you, do you want us to like pay for these unfair things, these adjustment things? And like Arnold's like sh- um, showing us to us now. And yeah, I'll try to I'll try to edit this part in. in and ch- as you can see, that's how the the the, um, the proportions of the money put into. Okay, so twenty in this case to, to explain to the viewers at home, if you did twenty five dollars, twenty one point two five would go to the publisher, one point two five would go to charity. 250 would go to humble now i will say i don't know what the math looked like previously and maybe more of it went to the publisher than i ever knew but well i mean before there was a meter of how much there was a meter you could change you you would pick how much whatever got like if i wanted all of it go to charity then all of it would go to charity okay right and so i remember distinctively um changing it up in a certain way where the charity and the publisher usually got the bigger end for me. Um, but yeah, a good question. And I understand to be, to be as fair as I can be in this case, because there's a lot of, a lot of reasons to not be fair. Um, cause I mean, it's not fair in general. I do understand that like humble bundle has staff that they need to pay. Yeah. And they have website a website they need to keep up. But it comes across as very um the thing to remember here is yes, that's true. But when we say staff that they need to pay, that should be like a fair living wage for a job to make somebody to get good staff that's that's you know competent, not this is the what? Hey guys, I work for a charity as the head of this charity, and they're like, "Oh, that's nice. That must be kind of hard, right?" Oh yeah, I only make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. You know what I mean? Why isn't it a set pay for? So okay, here's my thing. You could keep the 
the the changing ability, the ability to um, mm-hmm. change out how much you do, but just make it so there's a set amount you can't deny humble. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a good, just a make good it way to do default it. Because I get it, you have to pay people, but I hate, and I'm not saying Dustin is saying this, but a lot of people will sit there and go, well, game developers have to be paid. That's why people, that's how people defend the price hike in gaming. That's how people defend DLC. That's how people defend loot boxes. But more game developers and producers of gaming content have been fired and let go than ever before. Yep. So the money mm-hmm. isn't going to the people. I mean, claiming and this is kind of different too because this is not like a storefront, right? This, this is, is like charity. These developers know that I'm gonna put these games on yes. sale for cheap, right? So mm-hmm. I can get a potentially a hundred, like a couple hundred, maybe thousands of people to buy this bundle to put it to a charity. It's yeah. also it's also like Arnold says you're going into it knowing this is a charity mm-hmm. front, yeah. Um, and also, this is not the only place these games are available. Like, you will find mm-hmm. these things on uh, multiple sites. Um, also, these bundles don't even last that long. It's not. It's not like okay, I'm out. You're gonna see, uh, like, a Call of Duty Warzone. Actually, that's a bad one. It's a free game. Like, I bought a Call of Duty game. For, like, it's gonna go on sale for thirty dollars. But you know, it's gonna go on sale for thirty dollars like every week. Or something. Yeah. I think, like, you know, that's always like a holiday or whatever. And it's not like they're constantly there sitting there, like, sapping your revenue. Yeah. Right. Like, Humble Bundle, these bundles don't even last that long. So these games are going to go back to full price, anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. And it's, I think the bigger issue, too, is just the fact, and I'll be honest with people, it's bought up by a company that owns IGN. Which, if you know anything about gaming, which, again, I keep coming back to this, um, the general gaming populace just thinks of IGN as another gaming company. Um, They are not. Um, I don't like IGN. Um, And sometimes they'll have trailers. Jim worked for them at one point. No, Jim worked worked for for Destructoid. 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 Jim Sterling worked for Destructoid. Um, And um, IGN overall is... Is a lot of the things that is wrong with the industry at large, and I don't mean this in a way that like I hate the people that work at IGN. You you know make your money how you can in the gaming world, but the company at large, the higher ups at large, it's a very commercialized kind of thing. IGN siphons off of what the gaming world is right now, and. This is just not the company that owns IGN is kind of into it and everything like that. This makes me wonder, like, you know, how far does it go into this? Um, how far do they turn Humble Bundle into kind of the charity version of IGN? And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it changes. Um, I will say the Humble Bundle still isn't vastly known by gamers. Um, I will mention Humble Bundle to friends of mine, and they will have no idea what the fuck Humble Bundle is. Given a lot of friends of mine tend to just play one system, <laughs> um, it's it's really easy, everyone, to figure out what the system is. Um, and they don't really know much about like PC gaming, which is where Humble Bundle really comes into the forefront. Um they're like again a lot of the people i know are already invested in a monopolizing company you know sony's mm-hmm. already a monopolizing company we know this um so they wouldn't 
really notice this kind of change. And I'm not saying this is like they're they're stupid or something like that, but um, just going off of the law of averages, gaming people who play games don't know about Humble Bundle, so this may fly under the radar. You know, this may just be swept under the rug. And it's it's honestly it's just how gaming has become. Like this isn't like when Arnold brought it to our attention, this isn't new. Like this isn't vastly eye-opening crazy. It's like, well, yeah, sounds about right. Is it Tuesday? Well, it sounds about time for something in gaming to go wrong and become monetized. So, um, you know, also part of me wonders to take a different angle for this for just a minute. If the publishers of some of these games, like the big publishers, like EA, CD Projekt Red, you know, those publishers Mm -hmm. like leaned on the new holder of Humble Bundle being like, hey, hey, you want good games on Humble Bundle? We want more of the money. You know, it could be. It could be. And I don't I, I I've always wondered that because I thought it was really weird when Humble Bundle started selling Nintendo Switch games. Yeah, it was a little odd when they started picking up like big name like first like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like the um, my mind just completely went blank. What do you call big publishers? Oh, triple A games. Yeah, triple A publishers, yes. Because it used to be primarily indie games. You'd see stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, like Undertale on there. Not not like Call of Duty, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Not The Witcher 3, because I know that's been on there. Before. Yeah, it's been on there for a hot minute. And, and these are the things that make me wonder, like, where is this coming from, you know? Because if you still go to, like, good old games, um, they still seem to be a decent bastion for... Um, indie cheap DRM free games um, mm-hmm. you know but again we keep coming back to these are PC kind of things um, that a lot of people don't register it's not on their radar um, mm-hmm. and yeah it's just I don't know how best to explain it I am upset about this um, for a reason that's slightly different like, I just don't like that another company has bought up something else. Yeah, and I understand yeah. that, too. Like, I, this is not a good thing for, really, for anything, in my opinion. Like, it's not good for the economy. It's not good for, mm-hmm. like, competition. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you look at, like, for example, cases with, like, Amazon, which is, I'm not going to get into this in, like, detail because it's a whole other topic. But, like, the more, it, the bigger it gets... While it does, like, in theory, try to take care of its customers, the bigger it gets, the less competition it has, the more freedom it has to do things. Right. Which you're not. Right. Uh, which you're not uh, ethical. Right. Well, not even ethical at this point. You're not helping. It, it creates a different atmosphere. So um, me and my fiance um, have a thing where we try to make kind of money on the side and we will mail things to people. And we are a two-person operation, and people expect Amazon movement. Like, they expect that they order it that day, they expect it to be there tomorrow, which is not feasible. It's not possible. <laughs> um, and um, it's very frustrating because here's, here's the other thing, though. Here's the other flip side um, in defense of the multi-monopolizing conglomerate that is Amazon. Other companies don't try to do anything that can compete with Amazon. They kind of twiddle their thumbs 
Yeah. Um, which creates an even worse problem because then Amazon in and of itself is like, okay, so we can corner this market. They will overwork their workers, but people keep buying it. You see, it's <laughs> this is where you as a person have to make some changes yourself be, and, and, and companies have to try. You have to demand other companies to compete with Amazon or why would Amazon ever do anything different? Um, that's how things work when people pay attention. But people don't pay attention. And this is not me like trying to save Amazon, but let's be real. Amazon isn't doing anything unique that is Amazon only. Amazon's doing the same thing other companies have done for decades, for centuries. Just in larger scale because they're bigger companies. Right, they're just bigger, and they're the one that we don't like right now. Mm-hmm. Walmart was there before. It's still problematic, and it already made its riches. So, you know, mm-hmm. Amazon is in its Walmart face, so to speak. Um, you know, there are, there are plenty of companies out there to fuck over their workers for the benefit, quote-unquote, of their customers. Um, Naughty Dog. (laughs) People buy a Naughty Dog shit all the time. So it's, this is not, the problems that happen with Amazon, with Humble Bundle, with video games, all, this is all the same issue that happens in the economical structure of our capitalized society. And for anyone listening to this who rolls their eyes and they're like, he doesn't like capitalism. No, stupid fuck. Capitalism needs to be checked. It just can't sit there. It can't go rampant. It runs rampant and people take control of it. And again, this all comes down to the basic human does not pay attention to these things because they do, in some cases, have other things that they feel are priorities that they need to worry about, which makes sense. You know, money, family, children, finding work, staying alive, like, you know, like little basic things like being able to get an like an IV drip at a hospital without going into freaking debt. Um, these basic things keep people from paying attention to the bigger things. I know this just turned into a very liberal <laughs> like um, front of pay attention to how your world works. But it is true, and it comes down... This is what we're discussing with Humble Bundle. It breaks down all into all of that. Um, so anyway, yeah. Yeah, this, just be be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of who you're giving your money to as best you can. You yes. can't always know, but there's a lot of things, times when you can't know. Yeah, and this is not to say, like, shame on you for purchasing Amazon stuff. I'm not going to say that. Shame on you for purchasing from Humble Bundle. Bundle, you know, or Walmart. Like, I get it. There are people who live in certain areas and there are people who have only a certain amount of time. I get that. But if you can, try to distribute your stuff evenly more often and just make it vocal. Like, because at the end of the day, these companies don't give a fuck about you. You are a small number. But the more awareness you can give out there can produce better results. Um... It's just speaking of, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm good. I was going to thought, I was just going to make it add a little levity here and be like, speaking of, so when you, if you're out there and you want to be a Karen and be like, I'm taking my business elsewhere, you'll never see me again. They're really going to be like, thank God. Yeah, they really, they really, when you say I'm taking my business elsewhere, they say, thank the Lord. 
I will not have to listen to you again. Because and we're not going to lose all that much from your... They are not. Sentence. If anything, the morale goes up when you leave. Um, so, so don't be a Karen, in other words. Be nice to your customer service people. They're probably stressed out. Too. Oh, yeah. My goodness. If you're mean to customer service people, you got worse things going on in your life than, <laughs> than that. You need to go, you know, speak to a therapist or the Lord or your Buddha or, like, your Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever listens to you, your um, four foot, whatever, whatever plush that was, what, what Mareep is that? What what mm, scooches? Um, <laughs> your your nine foot vampire woman. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, quickly, I want to kind of go quickly through our news since this is a bigger chunk that we used for this um, release stuff. Um, for my end, uh, Tales of Arise did a seven minute gameplay footage. Um, I did not like it, actually. Oh, no. I am um, given. Here's the thing. Here's this is a big, big caveat. Big caveat. The game isn't coming out till September 10th in the States. It's coming out September 9th in Japan. So they have a good number of months to polish that up. There's a lot of particle effects going on on screen, but I'm an adult and I'm not a four-year-old cat. So you can't distract me by showing a bunch of blast in the air. Um, the animation... It's like, the, yeah, it's TVZ, I see. The actions of the main character look stiff, which is weird because Tales of Bazeria and Tales of Vesperia and stuff like that have very fluid animations. So I'm assuming, mm. I am strongly assuming that this development cycle is not finished. This is just <laughs> like, this is like, this is the bare minimum that they had. It was COVID, things were happening, they haven't finished it up. I am not impressed yet, let's put it that way. Um, it looks good though. It looks pretty. I don't like the art direction fully. Like everything looks fine. Everything looks fine. But this game looks more like a typical JRPG action RPG. Mm, it looks okay. very. It's starting to give that kind of like because now it's a big, bigger open world than Tales have ever mm. been before, and um, it it's kind of going into that same old same old look where tales used to have a strong identity of like very anime-esque character design um it's fine it's fine i'm definitely still gonna it's not so bad that i'm not gonna play it i'm definitely gonna play it it looks good enough to play but um one i'm not getting it day one that's just not happening um it doesn't look that good and the world's at large it's very generic like there's desert place. There's snow place. And that was it in the trailer. Um, you know, it's Tales. There's probably more to it. And I've never really looked at Tales footage before the game came out. I like to kind of watch it when it's a fully done product. Um, or at least when it's closer to the end goal date. So we'll see. We'll see. It doesn't look bad at all by any means. Um, it just looks, it looks average. It looks fine. It looks fine. Um, which is something I've never said about a Tales game. <laughs> I, I either, I either, I either praise it to high heaven or I have strong critiques, which is for me, it's bad when I'm, it's just fine. Uh, yeah, it um, sounds like you're pretty kind of, you're kind of disappointed. 
Well, no, I never had any expectations for this game. I'll be real with you. When I saw the game being created, um, I talked with my friend Sarah about it, and she's the big Tales fan, bigger than me. She got me into mm. Tales. Okay. Um, and we both kind of had, you know, some hesitations about it. Her being less because she's a fan of the series. She's re- She really likes the, um, the mainstream... Um, JRPGs. This, I hope no one thinks of that as an insult. It's not. Uh, but like Final Fantasy stuff um, and Tales. And we were both talking, we were critiquing just how Tales has looked. Uh, and Final Fantasy, the newest Final Fantasy for that matter, and how very, very mainstream these games are looking. Um, like, and when we used the word mainstream, when we, we were talking about it, as in they look more like just your average video game in general than just a, an RPG. And um, just their transition to going more action. Tales has always been an action game, um, mm-hmm. an action RPG. And just kind of the realistic take on the characters. Tales does it a little bit better than the Final Fantasy games, I have to admit. Um, and so, I don't yeah. really know personally. I played such an, I've been playing, well, it's been a while. I need to pick it up again. I've been playing such an older one that it's not really got the formula like Mastery yet. The, mm. the, the Tales of. Well, I will say this. All tales, as far as aesthetics go, have a very direct connection to each other. They all look like you're playing a really bright anime. Um, yes. While the combat, however, was very much refined later on in the other games, the combat in this one feels weird. It feels, when I was looking at it, it felt like one of the older Tales games, which is Shinnick, because it's newer. No. But yeah. that's a, and, that's, and it's not like, a, oh, we went back to the classic field because people liked it better. It's like, no, the classic field was not as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I And I actually don't feel a lot for the main hero. Um, How could you? <laughs> um, I don't, but again, I don't know. This is very, um, very new. This is very early on. Um, and I've only seen three characters. I will say my hesitations is that the main girl looks like a creation of one of the main characters from another one. Like her design <laughs> looks exactly like a goddess from Tales of Zestiria. It looked like they just gave her a bigger dress. That was it. And I don't, I don't like that. She has a gun, but. I hate to break it to people. Girls using guns in games is old at this point. Uh, she has a gun. She's got a gun. Oh, wow. But James, She's... is she holding a cannon? Oh my god! No, it's a um, it's a long range <laughs> rifle. Um, it looks cool. It looks cool. But like, girl in dress uses gun. Oh my goodness! Feminism roar. It's like, calm down. Um, but they're the mage. The mage looks exactly like uh, a tails mage. And I mean that in a positive way. I actually like her. Um, mages and Tails tend to have the most over-the-top elaborate designs because all Mages and Tails games are 16-year-old Japanese girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean that. Like, I think it's honestly... I'm trying to think right now. Oh, no. There's one Mage in Tails that it's like a grown-ass fucking man. And he's amazing. Um, he's in the best Tails game. Tales of the Abyss. Um, mm-hmm. He's like this big, tall nerd dude. Um... But, like, most mages in Tales games are, like, that aesthetic. She looks cool. Um, so there's that. That game is out. Well, not, not out, but that information has been released. And I know a lot of people were talking about it online. 
So I finally sucked it up and looked at the gameplay trailer. I, I shouldn't have. I really shouldn't have. I should have just kept <laughs> I, it. To I regret myself. everything. I even told my friend Sarah, I was like, I don't, I shouldn't watch the trailer because I like to keep it. To my, and I looked at the trailer and I was like, I uh, made a mistake. Because <laughs> now, now I see how the sausage is being made. Um, <laughs> but other than that, um, the near replicant game stupid version has been released i don't like near automata um <laughs> some people sure do love it though people worship that game because i don't think people read books uh <laughs> james aren't you amazed that the main character has over two thousand polygons in one of her areas no not a single <laughs> fuck is given about the polygon count in that character a lot of people like this game and i think a lot of people like this game because it has a, a wokeness to it. It's, it's also to, really quirky and it attracts the people who like the really quirky. Yeah, thing. and you know what? That part is fine. I can't judge no one for liking something quirky and weird. And if I'm honest with you, the reasons why people like this game, I can't judge them either. People, Some people just like existential thought all the time. Um, <laughs> nah. like walk down the street and be like, man, why are we here? Right, yeah, some people yeah. like that. Like, what is the meaning of life? Some people like to still continuously think as, as they, they walk down school. the street holding, like, an iPhone to their face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because the whole game is about what it means to be a human, which has never, ever, single one time been ever discussed in any other Japanese video game ever in a, never in an anime either it's it's never been discussed it's just near near is the first one that ever did this people just you know just you know, and they never used a girl in a skirt to do it you know it's just never been done before uh anyway groundbreaking yeah i don't know why are you talking about that james this is the first one this first one first one i mean it's such a dick uh, um i Oh, this sounds mean. I don't care that it's been released, but as a person who's played the original game before and and stopped because the... Okay, so here's the thing. I don't know if you two know about this. The big thing that people champion about Nier is that the game doesn't get good until you've played through the first half of the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've heard about that. you have I... to put in about eight to nine hours to enjoy the game. <laughs> Uh, so I played it. I played, pass. I played the game. I played the game. The combat is mediocre, and I don't mean that in the combat is horrible. I really mean that it is me middle ground. It's not the worst thing I've ever. Is it better than Witcher combat? Yes, okay. but that's not a hard thing to do. <laughs> um, like it's it is, is it better than getting a cold. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> It's as it's it's like a downgrade from Devil May Cry combat, um, and it is it's fun enough. You can just mash your buttons and move around, and you get bigger weapons, um, and you you fight stuff. And some of the stuff, the set pieces are decent enough at times, but it has a very I call it the Final Fantasy effect, where everybody's in black, everybody's sad, everything is dusty. Um, and He's got that uh, early two thousands, right? Yeah, like, like I don't, I'm trying to think. Early two thousands movies, like Underworld, but yeah. without the cool vampiric stuff. Um, in the and for a while, there was just this trend. Like every, I remember it turned into a joke that like every AAA protagonist for a game was like the crew cut white dude 
with grays and browns and green and like dark greens and everything mm-hmm. was dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was a big thing. Now, Nier does a lot of cool things, I will admit to it. But it's, you know, it's a game made by a quirky game developer. And I respect them very much. I, I think they really enjoy what they do. Um, and they're not over the top like um, Hideo Kojima. You know, they just, they, they make a good games. They know they have their fan base and that's it. Um, but people praise the game because if you played through the first couple of hours of the game, the, you finish the first game, quote unquote, you finish 2B's file. And then that's the one that all the porn is about, just in case anyone has not identified 2B at this point. <laughs> um, and then after 2B's whole thing, there's another character, um, including the the guy character, where you go through their story. And it's more, um, um, it gets more into that thought process. Um, and so this newest one is out. Um, and yeah... Um, good for you guys to have this game for yourselves. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I can't, I actually thought I would be really into Nier. I waited for it to come on sale on the PC. Yeah, I remember I got, you talking about that yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was hyped. So, uh, on this note on Nier, I have to make one other note. Apparently there was an interview with the creator of it at one point. Uh-huh. And his comment was, Another year, in recent year, and another thing in recent years, when I've been around Square Enix, they always get off this palpable, palpable aura of enthusiasm, as if to say, "Look, near Automata, the previous thing I made did well, so near Replicant will also sell now." I would like to take this opportunity to tell Square Enix to take a good look, hard, hard look at reality. Only the names are similar, and the content of the two games is completely different, so it's not going to really sell all that well at all. It's left. Exactly. It's <laughs> and he says, "Come on, I made." He's like, "I mean, come on, I made it." That automata selling was a fluke. All the other stuff I hard, I made hardly sold anything. He says, "You're really going to make all these discs? So at least we'll have a, a good game of frisbee with them." Yes. No, I read that. I was like, an article. He's aware. He's aware that he makes weird shit. And like people out there, I, I like I like that he's just so honest. He's like, I don't think it'll sell well. I mean, nobody liked my other stuff, so people, why that was a fluke. People, he's been wearing a moon on his head for like decades. The man is aware that he makes weird shit, and he's fine with that. You're I like not that he fine with that. <laughs> um, I did also read another article that troubled me a little bit, and I I read mm-hmm. most of it. That this now. It troubled me for a different reason than the article. Um, they were talking about an award in the game being transphobic. And mm-hmm. in the game, there's a character who's transgender, and you can look up their um, clothing to look at their genitals, and you'll get an award. Um, That's and it's like, it's like mm-hmm. you've discovered something. Well, hold on, Dustin. Hold on. Now, this is where I have a problem with this article. Now, you, it, then the, the award says you've discovered a dark secret. And it's, it's implying that being transgender is a dark secret or something like that, which I can completely understand that, that being a problem. My issue is that no one, well, maybe someone did, but in this article that I read from this person, they they defended this one. They said that you, because mm. you can look up 2B skirt in the first game. And she'll act, you know, she'll break the fourth wall and be like, yeah, stop looking at it or whatever. Like that. Mm-hmm. And the person who wrote this article in the same paragraph is saying that looking up the, the trans person's clothing was transphobic, was saying, 
while it turned to be into a sexual object, it was okay because it was being done in the context of her character for the game. Mm. Listen, looking up anyone's clothing for any gender is not okay. And it's sexual harassment. Did you he? can either you can either fully defend it in a game and going looking up people's skirt in a video game is fine because they're digital, not real, or you can say not looking up someone's clothing is what you should not be doing. You cannot or should not divide a line because when it comes to looking up people's clothes, that's a bad thing. <laughs> it's it's a universally bad thing among all genders. Um, so I feel I, like the person who wrote this article, I don't know who they are. I don't really care who they are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't I give them a like they're trying really hard to be woke when yes. they are broke. Oh, oh, dude, I stopped midway through because I was like, you. I was reading the article because I was like, oh, yeah, that is problematic. And I kept reading and kept reading. Then they started defending 2B. And I was like, okay, I'm done with you now. <laughs> like, James, this mouse is over. <laughs> it just, I was just like. Button on the window. I was so. Right. I was just like, well, that happened. That was a conversation I had. Because, yeah, it's problematic. And, um. And also, I think people forget that it's a Japanese game and looking up skirts is a form of comedy that people put in Japanese material. So your bigger issue should be addressing that issue. Um, but you all purchased Near Automata already. So you let them know it's okay to look up skirts or clothing for that matter. Um, yeah. So everyone should think on that ethical dilemma. Um, I think that's my game news. I think that's my my stuff. That's all I got. Um, who else wants to go? Arnold, do you have other news? Oh, yeah, I, have, I, have a, I have quite a bit of news, actually. Um, but, uh, I guess <laughs> Look, man. Go I ahead. guess I'll, I'll try to speed run this. Uh, so, uh, there's some Blizzard stuff. Uh, Jeff Kaplan leaves Blizzard. He was an overrushed game director. I was also working with the studio oh. for 19 years. He's stepping down. Yeah, he's stepping down. Also, if those of y'all that liked Overwatch for a while or still like Overwatch, I don't know, maybe there's somebody out there who plays Overwatch. Um, he was the dude that was always in the videos. I'm Jeff Kaplan. Hmm. Okay. Uh, someone, uh, Aaron Keller will be taking over the role. So we'll see, I guess we'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, okay, so just real quick. Another real quick one is Amazon cancels. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, Lord of the Ring game <laughs> because there's they had a dispute with Tencent because... Last year, when the project was announced, uh, they were actually working with a company called Leo, Leo, Liu Technologies. Mm-hmm. But later in 2020, it was bought out by Tencent, and so Amazon and Tencent had to basically renegotiate terms of the contract. Tencent didn't like it, so that's why the game's been canceled. <laughs> Dude, I just imagine two lists of yes. like. <laughs> I just imagine this poor company kind of get like caught between like when you see kids on the playground like having a tug of war over something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what it was like. They're like, I. It's like when they find a big ass stick and they're like, I want it. No, I found it first. It's like it's like <laughs> Thanos. It's not Thanos. It's like Darkseid and Superman are trying to grab a civilian for different purposes. <laughs> the civilians like, please don't crush me. <laughs> 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 uh, like I was just on my way to work. 
yeah. Okay, and so okay. So next we have a uh, Sony is backtracking, shutting down the the, vis- the, the digital okay. source for PS3 and Vita. It was Vita, James, um, but not PSP. The PSP storefront will continue as planned to be closed, which I believe is in June or July. I'm sorry, all three people out there are still playing PSP games. Yeah, no, <laughs> super sorry. Not like the game system was that great anyways. <laughs> but, it was groundbreaking mm-hmm. at the time. Man, but yes, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, SIE's <laughs> Jim Ryan came out saying that they were, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad we pissed some people off. Right, it's clear we made for it. It's clear we made y'all upset. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bad, dog. My bad. Our yeah, so, bad. Mm-hmm. so you know, thankfully, like last time we talked about this, uh, you know, there were some indie developers and other game developers who had to either stop game development for certain games they were making, or had to shift it to do new consoles. Um, aside from people who are working on PSP, unfortunately, that's going to close. But if they're making games for the Vita or still for the PS3, uh, hopefully they can continue making those games for it. Mm. Okay. I So I heard about it, and I'm kind of in this place. I was talking with Arnold about it the other day, and I was like, yeah. as long as people fucking buy these games. Yeah. Like, people made a huge uproar about this shit. Now, I, I get why some people, like... Jim um, Jim Sterling does it. Um, this is their stick. This is their thing. I find it great. I love it. Um, and they're right about a lot of things. But if the company that chose to get rid of something in a way, I would have liked them to have somehow archival it. You know, make it so that people can then play it on other things mm. or something like that. That being said, though, now that they have stepped back, now that they have done what the gaming world wants, like I'm not giving any claps for Sony here. I'm just this is what they should have done anyway. But um, now that they have done it, I'm I now it's on the hands of gamers. Like you guys need to be purchasing these things, like making them realize what they did was wrong by purchasing these things. Um, and I, I, I'm confident that they will, but I put that out there because there was a big uproar about it. I remember talking to like several kiddos being mad about this happening, and I'm like, okay, you guys better fucking buy these games. Yeah, like, when was the last time y'all actually touched your PSP? I, I don't even have a PSP. That's the last time I touched my PSP. That's a PS3. <laughs> oh, my PS3. I Where is my PS3? My PS3 is collecting dust under my television you mean collecting fur <laughs> collecting fur as well i have cats yeah i've um, seen ten, ten chilling down there um i have played my <laughs> i've played my sega in my my super nintendo more than i played my ps3 recently um i i i don't like the ps3 um it's the my least favorite Sony system. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. It has a couple of games on there that I really enjoyed, but the system in and of itself, I don't care for. Um, but that is good news overall. I'm glad that what gamers are wanting, they got. And I'm glad that someone like Sony is listening. Now, if only Nintendo will give us better internet capabilities. <laughs> you mean better servers i would i don't even want better servers i just want the ability to message friends on my switch 
and send <laughs> gift games. Brett James, there's an app for it. As long as you have a phone. Okay, listen. I will never defend that fucking app with Nintendo ever in my life. <laughs> that app is the most convoluted. Right. You know, I've only downloaded it because you could buy, you know, on Splatoon 2, there's like a market that you can buy some items. Oh. But, but like, you could also do it from your phone. Yeah, no. That's the only reason why I downloaded that app. I'll never defend that bullshit. Feel like it's like oh you can use an app on your phone okay I could use an app on my phone it's called Discord right <laughs> right if I wanted to do that I just use Discord so yeah they need they need, a, they need to at least let us like text someone yes Bro. if I could if I can just message and send gaming gifts to people that'll be fine. Yeah, they just, just, just take those Pokemon gifts from Pokemon Go and put them on Switch. How much money they would make if they allow people to send gaming gifts to people? Like, Especially like, with those like Nintendo Steam. products. <laughs> no, well, not even that. Like, just, like, they have sales that happen on Switch. And if you could send someone a game, you know, oh, I paid for this game for $5. I want my friend to play it. Bam. Mm-hmm. $5 sale that wouldn't have happened if that person didn't have that ability. Yeah. Because yeah. that other person might be like, I can't. I don't have $5 to spare on game. Exactly. There you go. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's good news to know. Segue to some bad news. Uh, uh, Bandai Namco is set to close their Santa Clara office. The employees are being asked to relocate. Um, now they do have, they have to make a decision by the end of may i believe okay. i don't That's know like, i think i think it's next year because it's saying here that remote work will not be an option after april 2022 oh, okay so then they can work for they've got like a year to figure yeah. out yeah so they want some, than they, some jobs yeah, yeah yeah some people are like oh man you got two weeks just found out today what well, i'm back man the worst story i heard was like a friggin i think it was ruby tuesday or something that literally had people yes. come in clean up and then at the end of the day we're like hey so the reason why we have everybody in the cleanup is because we are closing bye yeah yeah holy shit a lot of companies a lot of people will do that they'll have a person work out their term and do all of their work and then they will fire them like in and i mean sometimes that day like ruby tuesdays this is not the first time i've heard of a place that does that it, yeah so bandai oh no go ahead go ahead go ahead uh, so yeah, Bandai is offering uh, currently offering still the flexible work, uh, from like flexible meaning they can work sometimes at home, and go to the the working building or just work from home until April twenty twenty two. After that, they'll have to work at a new office to, with the hybrid of doing both of those apparently. Oh. Um. Because they, I don't know. Um. I don't know the exact reasons why they won't do the full time remote working anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully this will affect about 150 to 200 employees apparently. So hopefully mm-hmm. no one loses their jobs because of this. But there is like a whole year they have. They are like, giving them a year. Um, that's that's good. Uh, apparently also they are having them uh, to clarify too because I wondered about this when Arnold mentioned that. I was like, where do they have to go if they do want to relo- relocate? Mm-hmm. Apparently um, they're closing... They're once in Santa Clara, which is in Northern California. I don't know California, John. Um, 
they are they are asking him to move to their ones in Southern California near like Anaheim and El Segundo. Oh, so they're still within the same state too. Yeah, so it's, it's so it's, it's not it's more approachable. Um, given I know the living expenses of California is horrible, but it's probably yeah, horrible it's... throughout that whole state. So mm-hmm. um, that's better. That sounds a little bit better, and plus they get a year. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that sounds good. Um, Bandai Namco is that weird quirky company. By the way, Tales is created by Bandai Namco. Fun fact. Did you know they still have some Time Out arcades open in some places that are still operated by Bandai Namco? <laughs> oh, really? Wow. That's I really figured that. Yeah, there's one, there's, there's one I think that still operates in another part of Georgia. Unless it's closed during COVID, it was still there last time I saw it. Interesting. Bandai it's Namco is a... It's <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because Bandai Namco reminds me of early Capcom. They make a lot of weird, quirky games. Now, given Bandai Namco is almost exclusively anime. It really is. They Even, make, like, Tekken is, like, not anime, but it's very anime. It's basically <laughs> anime. It's a little bit realistic-looking anime. Like I think the only games I've seen them not anime is that I think they're the publishers for Dark Souls, so... Yeah. Well, Dark Souls... That's it's basically like seen in anime. Like, it's, like it's, it's not. It's not too far off. Like I'm wondering if I go on YouTube, if I'll find a video of like Dark Souls content set to like the theme of Attack on Titans. That's what I'm saying. Like Dark Souls is in that Attack on Titan kind of area of anime. Like it's 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 you know it's a little bit slower paced, but like like really though. Um, um, but Bandai Namco is that quirky, weird company. They do or Berserk. It's very much like Berserk. Yeah, it's Berserk. There you go. It, it's 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 almost exclusive. I it's I want to say it is anime. Like it's the anime company. It has tales. It does literally every anime game that's worth of note recently. Yep. Anything Ball um, is going to be Bandai Namco. Naruto is Bandai. Like anything from Shonen Jump in general. Yeah, anything from Shonen Jump. Stuff from Kodansha too, because didn't they make the fairy tale game? I think or published no, fairy tale no, game? they didn't. It was another company. Um, I forget the company's name. It was another company, another weird company. Uh, oh, crap. oh, was it was it Xseed or Psy uh, Games or something like that? Um, I forget. No, it wasn't Xseed. You can definitely tell if it was Xseed. Um, it wasn't Xseed. Um, I forgot. Really quick, Arnold. So, gotta jump in here real fast. Um, um, Hiro Mashima um, is actually yeah. teaming up with Square Enix. Oh, yeah. A yeah. new RPG. And I was conflicted. A new RPG? Yeah, a new a new RPG. Is this a, like an actual new IP? Yeah, or? a new IP. A new it's IP. Gate of Nightmares. Okay. okay, so I didn't even know the name, but... A um, smartphone RPG, which has what? its own... Yeah. What? Yeah. Now I'm no longer excited. Arnold, let's keep moving. I don't even want to talk Wait, about it. you said it was a phone? It's a smartphone it's a RPG. We're moving on. We're moving I... on. This is a <laughs> rant. This is a rant. Water- this is a rant waiting <laughs> to happen. Go ahead, Arnold. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we got some uh, Nintendo filing some lawsuits against uh, alleged team executor leader mm. Gary Bowser. Um, mm. Apparently, it's a group of hackers, essentially. Oh, uh, yeah, the Bowser hacker dude. I remember him. Mm-hmm. He came oh, yeah. up before. Yeah, with the ongoing um, efforts of piracy of the Switch. Um, Bowser, apparently, last year was arrested by the U.S. Department, of, uh, not just Department, <laughs> by the FBI and Homeland Security. 
and uh, Nintendo's requesting the court to prevent him from doing further of these violations. So I guess we're going to see <laughs> what happens. The platform holder, which is Nintendo, is seeking damages up to 2500 per anti-trafficking violation and 150000 for each violation of Nintendo's copyright. Oof. I'm sorry, but like you were reading that story. I know it's a serious issue, but at the same time, all I could picture was like, are you Princess really picturing Be- Bowser in the court? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's why this guy—it's just so weird that his name is Bowser. I just imagine like Mario, like just calling the FBI for kidnapping instead of going with Ghost. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I am. <sighs> I never like when just the person who probably doesn't have this kind of money is pushed on this kind of thing but he i assume he kept doing it like i assume that for them to constantly come after this guy like this the fact that the fact that homeland security and the fbi had to get involved you know what i mean yeah um given we have things in the states right now where Homeland Security and the FBI should get involved that are far worse than someone taking up Switch stuff. But still, um, the fact that, um, that yeah, I... Mm, he apparently I, was the leader of a hacking group called Team uh, Executor. Yeah. And that they were making and selling hacks. So what well, they, I think what they were doing essentially was basically selling jailbroken Switches, I think. Oh... Yeah, they were making and selling. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Don't call oriented me. hacking tools called SX Core, SX Lite, and SX Pro. Mm. Ah, okay. and they try, and their critics were like, "Oh, but they're making these bootleg things to preserve games." But the problem where they shoot themselves in the foot on an argument is that they've been making money off of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, a, if you do something a, and you're not supposed to do it, but you don't make any money off of it, you can argue that you did it for, like, posterity and you right. can actually make a case. Right. But you're like, hey, buy the stuff. Yes. You are, at that point, you are getting in the way of someone else's business in an illegal fashion because you are literally taking their product, changing their product, and then giving out to people. And one can argue the effort you take to change their product is not the same amount of effort it took for them to engineer and create that product. Um, honestly, all this shows to me is that people be giving all that switch hate and it's like, y'all clearly want this shit. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope they just bar him from ever doing it again. I, I don't hope this person goes into cri- crippling debt and, Apparently, also part of why it was so complicated involved government agencies is that they this this team included a dude from France, a dude from Canada, which is Gary Bowser, who's fifty one by the way, and uh, a dude from China too. So it's like an international. Oh, (laughs) okay. Well, first off, one thing for all hackers out there who are wanting to like, you know, do well, don't create a name for yourself also don't make it sound sort of like a pokemon um for nintendo i know right yeah, like, also just sounds don't... like a copyright violation in itself yeah exactly don't give them no ideas you know nintendo hop on that uh, but, um, next, next 
Pokemon game features team executor as part of their. <laughs> it's three dudes, and you got a Venom. Um, what were you going to say, Arnold? Oh no, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Um, well, overall, yeah, I, I don't have a necessarily strong dog on either side. I really don't think the person should have been doing this, and hopefully, maybe Nintendo just nips them in the bud, and I don't know. They got to do community service. Oh uh, no, he's about to lose a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll settle probably on like how much is like what he could actually pay or things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. probably some jail time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one last piece of news. Uh, this news is kind of weird. I didn't even know about this. So apparently, uh, Texas last not even last week. I think or it was last week. Um. Are trying to pass a bill that's basically anti-trans law, which is, if passed, transgender (laughs) public school students would only be allowed to participate in athletic competitions with those who match the biological sex on their birth certificate. And so, Gearbox, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, and I think about 40 more companies have, like, signed an open letter to, like, Basically, like, try to not get this passed. Mm-hmm. So, okay. This is this is something I discuss a lot with my fiance in our our private time. But Texas, stupid. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I have heard the dumb arguments. The whole thing where, well, if you're transgender, the gender you are assigned gives you some fucking ability that somehow makes you better at the sport than the opposing gender that you are transitioning to. Um, so let me help people understand how biology works, you stupid morons. Um, when you are typically transitioning and you may be taking some form of hormonal supplement, um, to transition to the gender that you are assigned um, for yourself and you are wanting to transition to. Those help you, <laughs> stick with me here, people, transition to that gender. So then you get some of the aspects of the gender in question that you're trying to transition to. So if you're transitioning from a um, person who um, on your birth certificate was identified as male and you're transitioning to someone who um, identifies as female. Your goal, your end goal, <laughs> I, for you transphobes out there, the end goal is to transition to the gender of female. Now, once you're there, you're in the same ballpark as female. Um, so playing the sport with females is fine and 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 here's the thing people are like people are like they'll say i think people are just like oh he's a guy but he's pretending to be a girl no 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 no, no. because then that's a whole other different thing um that's not transgender individuals see people yeah but people don't know that right i know people people are are stupid stupid, and that's their fault (laughs) and they should educate themselves and not open their mouths until they understand something um I don't like that. That puts responsibility on me, and I can't just like you're right. 
ever do any research. There you're if right. If it doesn't that's have why a we, TLDR, I don't read it. That's why we put that cone on your head and you go sit in the corner with the other kids. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that so it and here's my argument. Here's my argument for this. Let's say there's an all cisgender team of basketball players that are that are women. Does the four foot tall, because there's a lot of four foot tall women who play basketball, does the four foot tall woman that plays basketball, whose genetic structure doesn't allow her to create lots of muscle mass, is it fair for her to go up against the six foot tall girl who has a lot of muscle mass? She's not, she's not transgender, by the way. She's cisgender, because there are tall women who are very muscular, who are cisgender. Look at Serena Williams. Uh, is it, is that fair? Because that's their argument. Their argument is that if you were originally assigned as a male, you are somehow having far more muscular strength than a, 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 a cis female. And it's like, that's not how that works. Or vice versa. And they want to keep using this argument. What the argument really is, is that I'm afraid of transgender individuals because I paid too much attention to media over my life. And I have not actually tried to get to know anybody. Also, males, cis, typically cis males in our culture are known for raping and intruding on people. And thus, I've projected that ideal set onto transgender individuals. That's what that is. That's all that is. Um, and the, the quicker you say it, the quicker we can move through the conversation, people. Because it takes a long time to get through it. All that stupid. Um... And, and I ain't got boots that thick. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move quick for me, friend. Um, and and that's all that is. Um, so that's a long-winded way of saying good for these companies signing this um, to try to go against that. Um, but yeah, it's Texas. Like it's I live in Georgia. Like we have stupid shit that happens over here too. Um, for some reason, for some reason. The South just doesn't want to try to do anything. Now, given I am one of those people, and I hate, I, I hate, I'm sorry if we got any fans that are in Texas. I don't really count them as the South. Um, <laughs> they're a little too far west, and their sweet tea ain't sweet. So you, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where you belong, friend. Y'all don't even season your steaks. Um, anyway, like uh, <laughs> I um I. I'm just saying, they do barbecue, but they don't have barbecue sauce. So you typically, if you do that, you're not part of the South. There's a mm -hmm. whole Southern, like, fiasco that goes over and over. Your South card, you don't do barbecue properly. Right. You don't do, if you don't do yes, sauces, sure. the South is all about their sauces with their barbecue. So Texas. All right. So, you know, this is a side note on Texas, too. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so I, my, my parents lived in Texas, in Fort Worth for a while mm -hmm. uh, in the 80s is a long time and that was like some of their first exposure to um mexican food because they were from western north carolina mm -hmm. and so it was very you know they didn't really have much of like it really much of anything except maybe like a little bit of chinese um at the time right uh -huh. uh, in terms of like food from other cultures yeah and, yeah, yeah like it's what was funny is we had when we went to texas a few years ago on a trip we had mexican food at a restaurant they used to like in the area and we're like you know man you know what this is not as good as the mexican food we get in georgia 
<laughs> evolve, evolve. Come More on. shots fired in that all the people here who are probably cooking this food at these places are like from South and Central America instead of this Tex-Mex stuff. Oh yeah, there's a lot of Tex-Mex in Texas. Um, I, I, I am, I am sorry if I'm shooting shots, but Texas, you're Midwest. Um, you are literally below all the Midwest Southwest. states. You are, yeah. You are at most, you are Southwest, but you are not Southern. Um, but you are as backwards as some of these Southern states. So welcome to that club. Um, yep. But yeah. Also on this note, so the there was a similar bill in Arkansas that got vetoed by. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I remember. I remember that. Yeah, I remember being surprised um, that it got vetoed. Um, so yeah. Of course, now they're mad at her in there because you know. Of course they are. Course and they we are. don't like the government anymore. In government, we just only like it if it's like, if it's like on our team. We only you, like we the government. Like, we want the government to be disassembled. We only like the government when the government is telling people who are different from our static norm that they are a problem, as opposed to our government trying to tell everyone that these people are normal. Being transgender is normal. It's it's, it's how these people were born. It's how they identify. It's fine. They're people. And you know when you know people who use this bullshit, they're like, I don't have a problem with like immigrants are i don't have a problem with gay or lgbt people as long as they don't put it in my face motherfucker they'll stop putting it in your face when you stop making them feel bad about it <laughs> when you normalize something it becomes i don't know normal <laughs> like you stupid fuck <laughs> anyway um any other news on uh no that's about it from my end Okay, Dustin, okay. what you got? I'm going to be brief here. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Give me just one moment. Um, World Ends With You. That anime came out. Um, oh, I don't really it? know a whole lot about it yet, but it's out. If you want to watch it, it's somewhere probably. You can find it. I believe it's it. That edgy, spade print anime that everyone loved that wasn't really great. Yeah, it was the, it was the thing in 2008 when it came out. I was in college. Mm-hmm. A lot of youngins love it now. <laughs> yep, it'll it'll take off, and everybody will talk about how great it is. And they played it; they didn't play it anyway. They played <laughs> it at some point. Um, so there's that. Um, in really weird news for this week, so somebody has made a new is working on a new anime series for country, and that somebody is the WWE, and I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> No, <laughs> I've always hated Country Roll, but now WWE is there. Yes. Oh no, <laughs> no. Oh no. Oh fuck it. Everyone involved. Oh <laughs> no. I'm. Where's my ship? Where's my thousand, Sunny? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> We're going out to the Grand Line. Um, I, I honestly don't care. I don't even look at country role and WWE has gone down to shitter year after year after year. It's gotten, it's really got a lot of problems. It's one of the worst things. And here's the thing. I'm into wrestling. Um, there's the, there's other alternatives. There's a lot of alternatives. I actually watch, um, um, this one it's on Tubi. it's about a bunch of luchadors. It's very dramatic. It's really good. 
Oh, I mean, of course, of course it's dramatic, man. It's, it's, it's got to be dramatic. It's very dramatic. I love it. It's like a freaking novella. Uh, and um, so most people don't know this. I, I did wrestling in high school, and um, our team was it was horrible. Just so you know, it's not like a it's not a flex, people. We were underfunded. No one even knew we were. We no one even knew our school had a wrestling team. Um, Damn. And um, it. I love wrestling, though. I've always liked watching wrestling, even as a child. Um, a lot of people will say they don't like wrestling because it's quote unquote fake. All wrestling is fake outside of the actual Olympic one, the type that I've done in high school. No wrestling on earth is real, people, because if you did those moves, you would die. Yep. You would. I will say there is actually though a lot of physical activity. Yes. Oh, people don't die. Now here's the thing. There's a difference. Wrestling in and of itself is fake, but the athleticism for wrestlers <laughs> is beyond like what a lot of athletes do. Like you have to think about it. You're a high flying, flipping dude. You're like 200 pounds of muscle. Like and you also got to pick up people who are also 200 pounds. Of- Yes, the athleticism of um, wrestlers is amazing. It may not be what's considered like practical combat, true, but it doesn't, you know, gymnasts aren't going around cartwheeling and assassinating people, but they're extremely athletic people. Um, you know, people say that it's also there's a little bit of a thought like, what? So, do you want like gladiator combat? Do you right. want people like fighting lions? Right. Like, people are like, here to the next? people who yes, like. Yes, I want to see. I want to see them break that motherfucker's neck. And throw them off the ring. Here's the here's the thing. Yeah, people want In fantastic style. People say wrestling is fake as if it's a bad thing, but then they'll look at the UFC and they'll watch some Taekwondo expert who's a master of kicking and some Capoeira expert that's a master of flipping around sit on the ground and tussle like like two little children that are hugging each other because in real combat that does not happen. Or watch two boxers hug the whole time because no one wants to get punched in the face because of the freaking brain damage that comes from it. I'll take wrestling any day because I can look at the fakeness of a dude getting hit by a chair and no one gets brain damage. For the most and people part. people also watch those things and then complain when when a fight's like, okay, so they're getting ready to go. And then the dude just like lands that one good punch and the fight is over. Exactly. As opposed to wrestling where a dude's on the ground and then someone plays music and then the dude comes out on a motorcycle and he has like three cupcakes in his hand and like he throws the cupcakes and then his ex-wife, ex-husband, who they had a rivalry with before, comes out with another motorcycle playing the same rendition of the song. And now there's fire. Wrestling's great. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 so it's so ridiculous. It's, it's anime, but with people. That's all it is. It's just, that's all it is. It even got even more so that way when they were doing the like um, the stuff where they couldn't do with a crowd, so they added in a bunch of special effects because they were doing it all in the studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You got, you know, like you'd have people like teleporting around in crowds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I, I, that's a thing. I don't even know what to say to it. I don't even know what to say to it. <laughs> Is a thing. Um, let's see. Um, that's really about all I'm going to cover because we need to move on into the next section of the podcast. I think. Okay. Cool. 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 Let's jump then into our patch notes.
Pat Jones is part of the podcast where we talk about what we've been up to. Um, I guess me and Arnold have a dual one we can talk about. Actually, Arnold, I'm going to let you go ahead and get this out of the way. I Holy wanna, shit. I know you want to talk about it. It's fucking over. And the game's not over. But uh, <laughs> I fuck it's... Oh my fuck, man. I know what he is. <laughs> the Darkest Dungeons. Fucking Blood DLC. The Vampire DLC. Fuck that DLC. Get that shit out of my face. It's not bad. It's just annoying. But I beat it. The Countess is dead. <laughs> The Countess is dead. Fuck that. Oh my god, dude. Fuck that boss. I'm not gonna lie. I lost an entire six level six team against her. I got the like the optimal team. I lost to her. I got the normal vanilla team you get at the beginning of the game to fight her. I fucking beat her ass. Never mm-hmm. underestimate vanilla. It helps break up all the other flavors. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh man, that was not that ooh, ooh, that boss fight is not great. I'm not gonna lie. It's it was painful because like the optimal build is to make her bleed to death, but she's got a move where she can cure the bleed. So like, where do you, where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. So I instead decided, you know what? I'm gonna just get my hireman to crit as many times as he can, and that was the move. <laughs> That's all I did. Hey, sometimes you sometimes that works. Sometimes you gotta cheese them. Sometimes you have to cheese them to to yeah, to please to beat them, <laughs> not to beat them. To to please them because that sounds nasty. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I know Arnold's really excited about that. Um, I know he wanted to talk about it. I wanted to beat the 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 because well you can't beat it, but there's like a hidden boss. And the endless, endless uh, farming event. Um, I couldn't do that uh, clearly because the my a my first A team that I took was supposed to go into that, but they're gone, so I can't do that yet. No, or at least the two guys I wanted the the jester and the houndmaster. Uh, they died. I actually got the houndmaster back. There's an event that pops up very very rarely, where if you have enough dead units, the game will say. Pick out of the three that you want back. Only one, though. Hmm. Which made me very sad, because there were two level six healers. So I'm like, fuck, but I've only got three. Oh, my God, but their stats are so good. But no, I got the Houndmaster back, because <laughs> I needed him. I don't I don't have anyone else that's like that. He's oh, a, yeah. The Houndmaster is actually a very, like, the most unique class, in my opinion, in this game. Um, but yeah, got that over with. Um, and now, okay, <laughs> we can talk to the we can talk to the one we both talk about if you want. Okay, um, so me and Arnold have been playing a little bit of Monster Hunter Rise, um, not together, not yet. We've been playing it separately so far, um, mainly because I just haven't had the time to sit down and just play this game. Um, Same. I I do like it though. It's in in many ways I like it more than World because the map the 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 hub is small. Um. Uh, bigger is not always better, people. Um, I do not like how spread out the map, the HUD hub world was. And um, do you mean like the, do you mean the starter world or the no, natural? Like the the, the area where you get your items working and stuff like that, where you craft your stuff, the hub world, like where you can yeah. see everything. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Monster Rise. Yeah, Monster Rise's hub world was very like big. Now, to be fair, they did fix that in the DLC where it was mostly central. 
I well, hold. On. I'll let Dustin say something, and then I'll go into that. More. I was gonna say I never understood. Uh, I know it looks nice, and yeah, it makes cool. people feel like they have a nice, like, big base. Right. But at the same time. I don't want like a going to the grocery store simulator when I <laughs> yeah, go. When yeah, I go. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to look up and look for the aisle number that you need to be at. Yes. Like, to go. I and that's a thing. When I'm lost in this hub world, which is already hard enough to be lost in, it's a straight line. Um, but if I'm trying to look for something, I can just literally poke to every other person real fast because they're all in a line. Like if you don't even know, and oh, they make it even easier. You can go to your start screen and you can go directly to the area really quickly. So if there's a request in an area, you can go to that area and you can just look around real fast and find it. Um, on top of that, you can ra- ra- ride your dog throughout the level of the hub world. So it's even quicker to go through on foot. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll get this part out of the way. So I started the game and I was going to play the boat. The bow doesn't have as much impact as I like. I come from the longsword. Uh, I love the bow. I think the bow looks great. It just doesn't feel as... Ugh. I like to I like to be all up in the monster's grill, to be frank with people. So being on the bow, I kind of feel weird watching my dog and my cat fuck up the, the honey badger. And I'm just shooting the honey badger's ass. Um, so I didn't want to do the longsword because I played that in world a lot. So... Arnold has the sword and shield. Yes, and I like so, the versatility of it. And so I, oh. I am left with only a few cutting options. And as people know, as huh, <laughs> as what do you mean? Is it the long sword? Is that no, it's it not. It's not. It's I not. really wanted to play something different. Okay. So I went for the one weapon I never <laughs> like playing, <laughs> and I've. <laughs> I am now playing the charge blade. For those of you who know me, you know I don't like the charge blade. And I still don't really like it. <laughs> but you, know you should try you should try the uh the insect. I have. I actually used to play the insect glaive a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like I'm actually good with the insect glaive. <laughs> it was the one I actually played. So I say I play Longsword. Longsword became my main weapon. I used the insect glaive for a lot of Monster Hunters I used to play. Okay. Um, I used to play Insect Glaive a lot. Um, I also, again, the Insect Glaive doesn't get me all up in the Monster's Grill. I'm kind of trying to be freaking Shunpo Master from Bleach with Insect Glaive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I don't like it. But I'm, I am... So I am playing the Charge Blade. <sighs> here's the reason. Here, Okay, here's the real reason, people. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm a human being. I have my flaws. I don't think the charge blade's a bad weapon. I just don't like the arrogant douchebaggy nature of of changeable weapon people because <laughs> changeable weapon people overall, not all changeable weapon people are like this, but changeable weapon people tend to insult people who use the dual blades and the long swords. They call us weebs. They're like, "You're the weebs and you play the easy weapons, right?" I mean, are we wrong though? Are y'all weebs? Well, well, no. Everyone that plays Monster Hunter is a weeb. Let's just be correct here. It's like you're playing a game with giant weapons and you're just fighting kaiju. Like let's let's all get over ourselves. Actually, here. if you're a weeb, you pick the great sword. So, well, no, no, no. So people, well, see, that's the thing. The the long sword allows you to look like you're holding a great sword, but you move like you're Kenshin Himura. So yeah, but you you get the guts feeling if you have the great sword. 
you'd be surprised how many people don't actually want to be Guts when they want to be Kenshin Nomura. Um, no, it, it's funny too. You'd be surprised how many people want to think they want to use the great sword and be plowed until they actually use yes. the great sword. Yeah, like, that, that was me. When I first played, I can't do it. Great sword requires more understanding of the game than almost other all the other weapons because you have to know how that monster is going to move perfectly. You have to know how that monster is going to move before that monster knows how. Yes, you gotta you gotta move the monster into a position for it to move how you want it to move. You gotta, you know and what? then when you when you, swing think, your, when you swing your sorry, sword yeah. down, you say just as people exactly. I was saying the exact same thing. The people take the great sword. It's like you know you walk in and you like you know kinpachi it you just swing that sword and like cut the building in half but no it is very much the justice kekaku yeah it's, it's just it's just as kekaku and the monster's like nani just they step and then you're already waiting there for the sword <laughs> coming down you you look at the monster you're like i planned this before you were born <laughs> there's oh. a flashback in which you uh <laughs> you know you know what you know what it is it, it's it's the Jonathan Joe. It's not Jonathan. It's the Joseph Joe Star. Oh weapon. yes, yes. <laughs> next line. Is, you're gonna. Your next line is your armor. And then you can broken. say nani. <laughs> um, but but okay. Here's it. Here's it. So so people insulted a lot of longsword and dual blade people. They called us weaves or that we don't know what we're doing or anything like that. Which. Is not true at all. I've played with people who don't know what they're doing on every fucking weapon. There's a no, no. This is not against Arnold, by the way. But there's a lot of people who are claiming that the sword and shield is all amazing now. Um, I don't think I've heard that, but that's oh, not what I picked it's it. very no. I know you aren't. The, oh boy, I want there's if, if so people want to know. I did a main. I think sword and shield was my last item I made before I stopped playing Monster World. My first one was actually, um. Was the heavy bow gun? I moved to light bow gun. I moved to to the bow. I moved to the uh, to what James is playing now. The um, only people I know who talked about the sword and shield in that way before I heard crap from other people was Dustin and I think one of Dustin's friends. Oh, and, sorry, what was that? Um, talking about how the sword and shield was a good weapon, was viable in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Dustin and I think one of Dustin's friends. And given I didn't talk to a lot of Monster Hunter people prior to World, um, but those are the only two people I knew before he got a thing. Like I know there's a big old video that I share with a bunch of my friends. It's actually really funny by Joe Cat that shows him talking about how great the Sword and Shield is. It's his is all a meme. Like he does actually like the Sword and Shield, but his is a big old meme thing and everything like that. Um, and but then yeah, that's the, the Wiggler head, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then in Eric's gaming. One of his friends actually called him out um, in his group because he was talking about how great the sword and shield was, and he was a fan. His fan was like, his friend was like, "What? What are you talking about? You never even used that." <laughs> and it was like, it was the moment where I was like, "They are calling you out, buddy. Stop talking about it. Like this is the greatest weapon ever." And don't get me wrong; I have mad respect for the sword and shield. But so I, I say all this because. People used to make fun of me with my longsword, even though I was actually pretty fucking good with the longsword. Like, really fucking good with the longsword. And I kind of still wanted to go back to it so I can get even better at the longsword. My weakest area was the counter move. Um, but I was just like, maybe I'll try something else. And oh, do they still have that in, Mon- in Rice? Is I, don't, that I think it's there. I think it's different. Okay. Um, and so I've been playing with the charge blade. And I may end up going back to the longsword. Charge Blade is fine. 
I, again, my dislike for it was a lot of people who use a charge blade. Be, I don't like when people say their weapon's the best weapon in the game. That's my problem, really. It's, it's fucking Monster Hunter. If it kills the monster, it's a good weapon. And look, guess the what? Fast, look, the, the fast thing you can just is, kill the monster is the better thing. The real you know? gauge for weapons in this game is you gotta you gotta take the like evaluation. If either of y'all seen for if you like um um what is it? Show on History Channel, I think, where they make like swords and crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that, that you just weapon? gotta be that one dude who's like, will it kill? <laughs> yes, yes, and, and so yes. like that's the thing, and I think my biggest thing was it's, and I'll admit it's very, it was very teenagey of me, but I was like, I just didn't want to touch the switch axe and the charge blade because those people were in my brain somehow going to be proven right, and it was stupid. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I'm playing the charge blade now, and I'm still going, mm. but like it's it's not nearly as as dumb. Um, as I was making it out to be, it's a fine enough weapon. There are some satisfying moments with it, um, but I do like my long sword. Um, if I if I'm honest, I wish I could use the great sword, but that takes a lot more time, uh, and I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, because um, it's it's just different styles. Um, now, if you want to play the best weapon in Monster Hunter, you need to get on up and man up and play the um, Warhammer. Or the hammer horn? What's it called? Oh my uh, god! I'm the hammer. They, my mind is from playing hunting horn. Hunting, hunting horn, horn. Thank you. Yeah. The hunting horn. It is, yeah, it is sort of a kind of club kind of weapon. It's a it's it's a great weapon and it's great and apparently um, rise. But anyway, getting off the whole weapon thing, um, I have been enjoying it overall. When I am playing it, I haven't even done my first hunt. Um, I've done some test stuff of like they, they teach you how to capture monsters and um do you still use sleep bombs and yeah and traps? yeah i, I kind of find it in a weird way but also kind of awkward because i'm like man yeah. i don't have enough sleep bombs left i should have made some more yes Oops, i guess i'm not capturing this monster i don't like the sleep bomb mechanic to this day i'll never like it but one thing about monster hunter is it is it likes to be convoluted and abstract i mean um, i mean you can make them on the field, though. Right. You, but can't, you can't. You can't make traps on the field. That's the what, only problem. What me and Dustin are is, uh, saying oh, yeah, is that yeah. like you get a monster. It's a big monster, and let's say you need five bombs, but you've made three or four, and because you ran out of that one, it won't get captured. Mm. Um, so I don't I, know if it's different in the, the older games, but in, I think there's like a, only a set amount you need every time. I yeah yeah yeah. 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 It's, but I get I get what Dustin is saying. It's very cumbersome. Um, yeah, but, um, you, gotta, you gotta you gotta sometimes over prepare. Monster Hunter is a cumbersome game overall. Even now with Ryzen World as it's more entry friendly area, it's still cumbersome. Um, but yeah, but the thing I think me and Arnold the King agree on is that we do not care as much. As we thought we would for the wire system in the game. Yeah, so. it's it's so like the movement is. I'm assuming if I get play this game longer, I, I'll probably understand the wire system like better. But like as of now, like it's kind of eh in my opinion. It's cool you can run up walls with it, but it's why do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a dog. I can run fast. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, the wire move to capture the monster is like, why can't it all be the same button? Why are all the weapons different like that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the wire the wire buttons are um not I guess I, go ahead. I, I guess it's great like the only I I because like I said, we haven't got that far into it. It's kinda cool how you can use it if you're if you have fast enough reflexes to like dodge a monster move because there's like a dash you can do with it. Um but like I much prefer the claw hook from world. Um because even though like you can use it as many times as you want, and it was very short range, and you can't really grab all the monster all the time because when the monster was mad, you cannot grab onto it. Yeah, at all. Right. Yeah, he will just shake you off. Yeah, I I prefer the one in world. Um, the wire hook. I don't like that the wire hook has a cooldown, and you have mm-hmm. limited options to it. Um, I don't like that the range is so short. I don't like that. Like, it's just, it's more, it's cumbersome. It's more cumbersomeness to it. Um, and I get they were trying to go for a more creative take on the wire system. Um, and it's not the worst. I think you can still do hunts just fine without it. Um, but yeah, I just don't care for it. I don't like it. Um, I think they just tried to implement it too much into it because at the end of the day in, in Monster Hunter World, you don't need to do any of the claw maneuvers like you can hook on and smash the monster into the into a wall. They didn't even have that mechanic when it first came out. And people were hunting just fine. And when they added it, great! There are even new tactics that opened up at the end of the day. You don't really need to use that. But there's a whole bunch of functions in Monster Hunter Rise that kind of require you to understand the wire bugs feature. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the problem, I guess. Because it's not really, it's not that great to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my thing. That's my thing is that it's just kind of like, you know, breaking up um, how it works and how it functions and stuff like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not the greatest. But again, I haven't gotten too deep into the game. I haven't overhauled the combat in my head and stuff like that. But I, I've heard good things about it. And what I'm playing so far is good. Um, so, yeah, not too bad. I want to play it, but it will wait until I am done with my current crunch time at work. <laughs> mm. I don't want that anywhere near me until I am actually having time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But yeah. I'm looking forward to it, though, because I want to play one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty decent. Um, outside of that, though, um, Arnold, have you played anything else? Have you been up to anything else? Oh, uh, no, nah, dude. I've been try- I've been focusing on this fucking dungeon this whole time. I'm not even going to lie. Like, okay. I've... Okay, okay. I, other than that, I have been finishing up the story of Trails um, in the Sky, the third. I am in the home stretch. Um, enjoying this story a lot. Um, the, the, the way the story is broken up And this one is so weird to me. There are some, I will say, out of a very strong trilogy. Like, the whole series is a strong game series. Highly recommend anyone play it. The third one is definitely the weakest. But that is, that's like, that's like you got two 98s. And now you got like an 89. Is it a 98? No. But it's still an 89. (laughs) Like, it's still a really good game. It's still a really good story. It's still a really good, like, aspect. I think it's just the fact that it's broken up and they're using 
all the characters at once for stuff. Um, and that there's a lot of things going on. Um, and there's a battle, like, there, there, a, a lot of the, the bosses are kind of from the last game being used in a different aspect. So you're in this world of Phantasm, and the world projects the mindsets of other characters and creates bosses based off of that. So you go, you fight a lot of characters that you have fought before, or you fight characters who I feel like fans were kind of like, we want to see this guy in combat. So you got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not problematic because it's all, it's good. None of it's bad. Like it's, it's just a weird, it's just weird. Um, so if I was rating it from the story perspective, I'd probably give it like an 89, maybe 92 max. It's not as clean and clear as the other two, but it's a really good story in and of itself. Um, so yeah, it's it's funky. It's weird. I don't even know how other people talked about this one. I'm curious to see how people receive the third one. Um, but yeah, it's still good. I'm still happy with it. I ain't mad about none of it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 neat. The way they do the stories is strange. Because you get a lot of the more mundane lives of people, um, which in some aspects is good. And they do they do keep the no wasted space storytelling. So everything has a reason for being told. They're not just telling you crap that you don't want to know. It's just the way they go about some of it strange. But yeah, that's, I think that's all I've really been up to. Um, Dustin, if you have anything, feel free. Um, I'm going to be really brief because I've been so busy I haven't really, this week that I haven't really done much. But I do want to talk a little bit so about something which I guess next time, maybe next time JT is on here, he will watch this movie by then. Um, so I watched the opening scene, which was released as a teaser for the new Mortal Kombat Don't movie. Don't you spoil nothing. I'm watching that in an hour. <laughs> So it looks actually good. Like not good. Like, Oh, this is going to be a masterpiece of cinema. It looks good as in like, this is probably going to be cheesy, but it's so it's a masterpiece of cinema. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like it was actually like, it felt like a, a decent movie. It was yeah. pretty good. Like story beats. It wasn't like super cheesy. It had some, the martial arts stuff is much more on par with like modern, like right. cinema. Yeah, there's a lot of choreography and stuff going in. Yeah, so I'm, I actually want to watch it now. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll i be watching that today. Um, I've heard good things about it. Um, the review if scores... it's not super cheesy, I will be disappointed, though, because it's probably got to be, like, secretly cheesy. Oh, it's going to be cheesy. It has to be, because the scores I've seen so far are perfect for what it is. It's like 65 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's about right. <laughs> That's about right for what Mortal Kombat should probably get. Yeah, it's definitely a D to C movie. Like. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not expecting. I think people. I hope no one's going to this movie expecting like the next masterpiece transition to happen. It's the next Citizen Kane. I don't know. Look, man, I, I expect the first Mortal Kombat movie. Then you will be, you will be happy with what you get. Thank God. <laughs> if you're expecting the first Mortal Kombat movie, you will get that and a little bit more. I think. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, anything else, Dustin? Um, that's really mostly. I'm trying to, um, 
when I have time, I'm trying to catch up on some story stuff on Fate Grand Order because there's because there's events coming and it's like a kick in the, the pants to be like, I hey, get this done so you can do this event and get three characters. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I get you. But okay then. Well, let us finalize this episode and jump into our key item. item of the podcast is where we talk about what the point of the podcast is and we discuss today Dustin's favorite Final Fantasy 4 the game where the Dragoon was made cool um made cool this design looks cool what do you mean well yeah that's what I mean it's like popularized did it, did it look, look different actually I don't remember no like it's, it was it was a joke Arnold it was just oh <laughs> I thought you were serious. Arnold's like, Arnold's like, he looks cool. What are you talking about? It's fine. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Um, so I'm actually gonna give the reins over to Dustin for this one. I know a good bit about it. Um, Final Fantasy IV. Well, I, I'll introduce something. I know Final Fantasy IV helped introduce the ATB system or the active time battle system. Yeah, which, where the little meter fills up and the combat continues. Yeah, so for what people may not know when it comes to turn-based games, there is you take a turn, I take a turn. It's like chess. But the active time battle system is essentially whoever gets to their move before the other, they can go. So it's it's kind of like you're still doing turn-based, but it's moving at a consistent speed. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the big contributions. They, of course, did a lot of stuff of like implementing story and the gameplay from all the other three games, it was actually, if I'm correct, it was supposed to be like the final of the Final Fantasies because it was supposed the final to be final Final Fantasy. Yeah. That, was, that was funny when you said earlier at the beginning, it's the fourth of our Final Fantasy episodes. And I was like, that still sounds stupid when you said out loud. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, when you like, when you put it all together, it's supposed to be, um, it was supposed to have all the connections and coalescence of the first three and be its thing um but i played a good amount of, of a good bit of it and i enjoyed it however the fan of this game is dustin i'm gonna let dustin go on yeah um so this one is a little bit of background information this one came out in 1991 for the super famicom in japan and it came actually only by this point apparently they were doing okay it came on a few months later, it came in October to the U.S., but it was Final Fantasy II. For, it's this beginning of the trend of numbering Final Fantasies different, which continued to confuse people for years later. But anyway, um, can y'all still hear me okay? So yes, keep, yes, no, yeah, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, sure. um, my, my connection was going up and down. Mm-hmm. A little Discord notification was like worrying. Anyway, um, so yeah, Final Fantasy IV came out in 91. Um, it actually is a little bit odd because it was actually one of the first ones to get sequels, but we'll talk about that later. 
um, like actual sequels, not like, oh, there was a Final Fantasy V, but like there were sequels to Final Fantasy mm. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it is, um, it's, it took a lot of the lessons learned, I think, from, from the previous games. Um, what's interesting about it compared to the other ones is this is the first one we've talked about that, um, well, 2 did this a little bit as well, but 2 I don't think was quite as clear on this. Um, it went back to 2's system of doing um, set characters with set classes instead of like 1 and 3 that had like a mixed party where the, the party, the, the cast, the, sorry, not cast, the classes were the party members or in 2 where you had like this guy is a dark knight, this guy's is a girl's of a knight or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, um, well, let's talk a little bit. I'm trying. To, I'm actually trying to figure out a good place to get started. I'm talking about four. So when it comes um, to four, maybe just like the the easier way I kind of look at it, um, at least when I'm going through it, is like so. Just the history of like the mechanical standpoints and the growth of the game, like the game yeah. design and development, like you know the ATB. And kind of like what you were saying, it was one of the first ones to get that like sequel connection that other ones didn't have and stuff like that. But I think also one of the things for like the Final Fantasy franchise and RPGs in general was when it came to four was that it also allowed for like the progress and the back and forth in games and maps and dungeons and castles and bosses to be a little bit different because they took a movie kind of perspective they wanted to like make it um they wanted to make it cinematic and over the top and the drama which if anyone's played for you know it's it's drama (laughs) it's a big dramatic story and like that's where i would go from there because like that's when i think about four i do think about its iconicness i think it's the first final fantasy to feel iconic in my opinion if I'm on the speaker. Yeah. Um, I will say that active time battle was really, it actually was in the, the next, like something like five games. Do you think yes. about like, it was also in five, it was in chrono trigger. It was in six. It was in seven. It was it's in eight. In, it's and, in nine. And I think in nine. So yeah. yeah, like it was in every game after that for a while. People used the ATB for a good, a good block. Cause it was a good idea. Yeah. I think in many kept the thing a little it, it took the turn-based idea and made it dramatic um spells were like bought in some of the previous games and in this game you actually just got them at certain levels like x character gets x spell a y spell at whatever level you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um what's also nice about four and was really a good in- that you if you fight most of the fights that you run into you don't have to grind a lot like yes. if you run from everything you do but if you don't if you just fight when you run into random battles and do a little bit of that you don't have to like wander around a dungeon for like an hour to grind which you had to do it oh so there's there's also grinding in this game basically. there's a lot less grinding in this game um it is it's got a really good party it's one of the it's actually i think the only game where you can have more than four party members in the party um, yes, I want to say five allows you to, but I could be wrong. Um, actually, no, five only had like four party members in general. I think like one person dies and gets replaced, and so you never okay. have more than like 
Okay, so yeah, then I think four is the only one that allowed you to have that. Yeah, it had like, I think you could have like five people, maybe six people. It was sort of an odd, an odd game. There were 12 characters in general in four. Um, yeah, um, on the note of characters, it did a, it is actually a game that does a good job of never making you choose your party members too much, despite how many characters there are in it. Because it uses the angle of like narratively writing characters out of the party and then replacing them with other people, mm-hmm. which I think is a good move from a storytelling perspective too, from like a game design perspective. Mm-hmm. Because if you've ever played one of the RPGs with a lot of party members, and if you think about the writing side of it, this is sort of a weird little tangent. Um, you have to either write characters interactions with the plot in such a way that they really have no like weight because if they're not there that can't happen (laughs) right yeah or and so they just wind up with generic lines like if if bob the the white mage is there he says this but it really doesn't matter that bob was there and whether he said that or not it doesn't change the plot Mm -hmm. Uh, versus if only certain party members can be in the game at a certain time then they can do something like significant. Like in this game, you have several moments where you lose party members for like dramatic sacrifices and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Like one of the characters at one point, like he's a, is a, a mage and like they, they sacrifice themselves to cast meteor to like try to kill a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's an important thing because um, I'm playing a game right now. Like the trails games are like that. You have to have certain party members for certain situations. Mm-hmm. And they don't... No character in Trails, however, is insignificant. It's just that you may get additional dialogue depending on a person being there that's different. For instance, right. there's a girl in the game that has a fucked up life and is basically a tool of war. And she never knew a family. While there's another guy who's kind of similar, but he grew up in an orphanage. So when he's revisiting that life, she does a lot of dot, dot, dot moments where she's kind of uncomfortable. And like mm-hmm. really upset about that. So yeah, with Final Fantasy, um, with Final Fantasy Four, that is a, a good narrative structure of how to write characters in. And then if you're killing a character, um, and I don't think I've played a Final Fantasy game that's done this really well, but I played other RPGs where if a character dies, they will introduce a character who's very similar to them, mm-hmm. um, combat wise anyway, and then you'll have that character kind of make up for that lack of structure behind it. Tails. Tails does that a lot. Um, but yeah. yeah um, um, four does that quite a bit, I think. You have, like, for example, uh, and not every, and also clear, clear on this, too, not every character actually dies in four. I know it sounds that way when I said they write people out. There are times that they leave for other reasons. I know one winds up, like, bedridden after, like, he gets injured because he's old. Um, and so you just don't uh, ever yes. have him in the party again. Um, another is like recovering his memory. I think at one point, like he like stays to fight something and like gets like the, the dungeon collapses on him basically. And he shows up later, like recovering, but also kind of, amne- and sort of an amnesiac, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of little things like that. Um, there are some like tagging people in and out. Like, um, you have, a black and white a set of twins that are black and white mages and they take the place of your first mage in the party who then you get back later after you lose them things like that do happen quite a bit 
That um, actually is repeated in another game that I won't mention. It comes down <laughs> later down the line. And mm-hmm. I just in case anyone hasn't played this game, I don't want to spoil it. But there's mm-hmm. something Fair enough. Go ahead. Um, there are some really fun characters in this. Um, part of why I like this game so much is the main character is, and this is not a, a like a, a, a like Solera against main characters in Final Fantasy games, but some of them are flatter than others. <laughs> yeah, yes, there's. Um, I'll I'll say it on my perspective. Cloud, go ahead. What were you saying, Dustin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Cecil is really interesting because he actually changes classes dramatically, and it's a good use of that to represent his growth as a character. Because stuff like that in video games is like things like class changes can be used as a narrative device, and not every game does that. But this one is a game where they did that early on, and it's a little heavy-handed, I guess you could say. But he deals with like being a doing some bad things and coming to terms with those. And there's some stuff of him like slowly earning forgiveness from the person he probably hurt the most in doing that, but also like to represent his narrative change of becoming a person he goes from being a dark knight to being a power in spoilers. Um, which also makes him a thousand times more useful because the dark knight class in that game is not very good. <laughs> Oh, no. I So what you're saying is, I think 4 was the one that first started in that way. But people who enjoy 4, I highly suggest you play Tales of the Abyss. Tales of Abyss. Mm-hmm. Highly suggest you play <laughs> Tales of Abyss. Um, like, I really do now that I'm thinking about it. Now, this is my favorite Tales, but... Are you telling me Tales of Abyss, like, revisits some of these things and, like... Extremely. Experience? Ex- extremely. And they do it in a whole different... Not a whole different way. They do it in a way that works for Tales. And it does it in just a strong narrative. Tales is a... Tales of the Abyss is one of the best narratively created RPGs I've played. It makes me angry it's not as big, but... um. I, I now can see some of the parallels between Tales of the Abyss and Four. I will also say spoilers incoming. Um, if you if somebody wants to go back and play Final Fantasy Four in one of its many because it came out on a bunch of different platforms, including actually a pretty good remake. It's got one of the better remakes, I think. Yes, because um, the one for the DS is really a remake. Like it uses uh, a little kind of super deformed polygon. Um, uh, like models instead of sprites, but it's it's a good remake. It's not a bad remake. Um, it adds some good quality of life stuff. But anyway, that's a tangent. I was going to say they also used. I don't know if the other Final Fantasies yet before, but they actually do a few things where there's some scripted combat events, um, where some weird stuff is done with the system. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, when Cecil becomes a paladin, his fight, his last fight in that little arc right after he changes classes is he has to fight himself. Um, like the boss is, is Cecil as dark Knight. And the trick of that fight is if you fight it as a regular, win it. And so fight, what you, you have to like do, it's just, you broke up. Uh, if you fight, if you just fight it, go into it like, Oh, I got to fight. fight I, I'm sure I'll beat him with my new stats. You'll, uh-huh. you'll die. You just can't win that fight as a regular fight. Mm. And what you're supposed to do narratively is just like sit there and 
not raise your sword against him and just tank the damage, and then he'll just die from him killing himself with his Dark Knight damage. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. I thought this game was something else. Yeah. No, aren't you supposed to to heal him? <laughs> well, it's supposed to also be sort of a thing, I think, too, it's of him showing that, like, yeah. <laughs> that how it was his his previous life was like self destructive. Right. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is the first Final Fantasy game James told me to play. Because I remember that I remember that segment actually. It I'm like been. remembering it, was, it. It was back. I was replaying Chrono Trigger, and that was the game that came with my Chrono Trigger on the PlayStation. So I probably did tell you to play that one. Good yeah, to know um, you listen to me, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a good one. Um, I mean, your thing is stuck now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, That's... go ahead. Dustin. Um, there's some really quirky party members. Though speaking of him. Um, the dragoon in this game swaps sides like six times. I feel like like it's sort of a meme by one point that he keeps like getting mind control and going back and forth. Jeez, I know uh, it's not that many times, but it's at least you lose him at least three times for him from him getting like hijacked by one of the. Um, <laughs> Mm. It's sort of weird. Um, you got some oddballs. This one is also the 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 origin of that really goofy like Spoonie Bard meme that was around in like the early days of the internet. Um, did you, did you ever run into that, James? The Spoonie. I don't know if I did. Yeah, I, because it's an insult that one of the characters says. That there's a, literally a bard in this game, and, and the old man wizard calls him a Spoonie Bard for like trying to like. Hook up with his his like daughter. oh so okay yeah the horny bar thing like I I've I've seen that meme so much I tend to almost avoid it at this point <laughs> yeah it's fair it's it's old it's an old yeah is but, that where the the D and D horny bar comes yeah from? it's well I don't know which I don't know I think I think D and D probably started it but yeah I think people who couldn't role play a bar without making them a sexual harasser like they were just like. <laughs> Well, this is what bards do. They take up an instrument, they travel around in a group, and they touch other people's body parts. That's what bards do. Uh, but yeah, I get what you mean, though. Um, there's some really bad party members. There's some really good party members. Um, all of them have pretty good characteristics. I'm just saying mechanically. Yeah, there's some that are better um, than others. Edge is really weird. So Edge is the ninja in this game, and he is like the first Nardo ninja I know of. Because you get this dude, and he's got, like, he dual-wields set weapons, so he he's, like, the only character in the game who's ambidextrous and can use two weapons. Um, he does that, so he hits everything twice. His damage is good. He also has magic. He has ninjutsu, and he throws lightning and then water and fire at people, and I'm like, what what is this Naruto stuff? But anyway. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. Um, it's a good game. Um, I like it a lot. Um, other little notes I want to make. It did get sequels, like I said. Um, there are... Um, it got nerfed, I think, for the English version. They cut out some some content, of course, for like Nintendo being really, really... Puritanical at the time you, on what they released. They're getting for that, that, uh, that lost dude against Sega. That's you broke up it. super hard for me. Oh, I said, it, the, the North original stuff cut um, for censorship reasons because oh. Nintendo of America at the time was like really puritanical and like yes. any religious element was going to get you like yeah. trouble so they cut everything out. The localization was really bad too. It was really rocky. Yeah. Um, oh. um, apparently they 
had to like write some of the text without actually being able to play the game, which is a problem. <laughs> oh wow. Um yeah, so that was sort of awkward. Um he said it was also really difficult because they didn't have the time to like send stuff back yeah. and forth between Japan and the and the US. Yeah, there's um, a lot of which I read an interesting article on on that, which I'll talk about next episode if I remember about about Marvel and versus Ca- uh, Capcom and the stuff going on. Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I know about this. Um, but so there was that. Um, lots of experimental elements in there. Um, they th- with two and three apparently it was part of why they didn't do them to the U.S. and thought they just waited until four because four was like a better game, mm-hmm. even at Square than two and three were. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Other things to note: the 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 sequels were like in weird on weird platforms. <laughs> like, I think one was like for like PSP or something like that. You know, another one of those random PSP titles. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, one last little note with four four's legacy also continues. With something I think I've mentioned briefly on the podcast before, which is called Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise. Yes. Um, so the yeah. Enterprise is the name of the airship in this game, which is what the, the name comes from, partly. Um, yeah, what were we going to say, James? No, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a mod to this game where um, people are given objectives of like what like certain bosses to beat or certain items to acquire. But it's completely randomized through a very weird setup with like a program that like randomizes where things are in the game. Mm-hmm. And then people basically have races of like, here's your list of objectives, and we get a random seed where things are like in different places. And it's the same setup for both people. So it's not completely random. But like they get their randomizer seed, they get their list of objectives, they race to see who can do the things first. And the party members are also randomized, so sometimes people get member mm. combinations. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. I'm not exactly sure why 4 was chosen for this. I assume it has some code. It's a code. This code is probably easier to do that with than later games over time. Yes, this is one of my favorite ones. I actually didn't play it on, on the version that James mentioned, which was Final Fantasy Chronicles that was I really bought because it had Chrono Trigger and it also had 4. I, funny enough, I wanted to play 4 more than I wanted to play Chrono Trigger because I liked the art. And I played Chrono Trigger first, however, because then I recognized that Goku was in it. <laughs> so I was like, I want to play this one. It does, it does in fact, have a Toriyama. I remember thinking... Look exactly like Goku. I remember exactly. thinking... It features Bulma... And Goku is the main character. I remember thinking that all the Kira Toriyama games were in the Dragon Ball universe. And I mean, as a child, as a child, as a child, I used to like, because I never played Dragon Quest or anything like that. Um, not until much later. And then I would play Chrono Trigger. And I remember thinking, I was like, so where the hell in Dragon Ball is this? <laughs> On another planet. Where, where's Goku at? Where's Goku hasn't visited them yet. But yeah, but cool, cool. That is Final Fantasy. Now, now I want an optional boss, by the way, in a Dragon Quest game, a pod, and you go to it, and you have to fight like random sands. Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> no you, got, 
You got you fight like the remnants of um Dragon of Quest the, has very you fight, little... you fight some Cybermen. That's what you should fight. Mm. Dragon Quest has very few Dragon Ball references, actually. The more I think yeah. about all the Dragon Quest I've played. Namco, Namco is gonna get the idea and make Mm, DLC. Oh god. Um <laughs> anyway. I don't, I don't Oh, sorry. No, when you mentioned, I was like, "How will that work?" Bandai Namco is um, Dragon Ball, but Square is Dragon Quest. Anyway, um, but yeah. Anywho, this is the Final Fantasy IV episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah, go out and try Final Fantasy IV. It's a pretty good game. I think I, it's the first one I could honestly like recommend to actually still play. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely. I mean, say not that. that you shouldn't play one through three, but I yeah, could actually yeah. say you would actually, if you like RPGs, you will probably like. I will say, don't play one through three. I, I will say, not play one through three. So, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe the DS version of three is okay, but don't play. Yeah, yeah, you can play four first. Oh, <laughs> go play four. Play I, the DS remake. It's actually probably the best version. I would argue, unless you just want the retro one. Um, yes, if you're looking for retro nostalgia, the PlayStation 1 and stuff like that, those are the ones you want. But it still looks good, by the way. Like The sprites are like very retro, but... They- yeah, yeah, so you, you can get that. But um, but yeah, thank you for listening. This has been the Key Items Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, next week, I am hoping to do our Naruto episode. I may have one extra guest for this one. I got to check with them. See how this works. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining. And as always, I am your host, James. And as always, I am joined by Dustin and Arnold. And thank you for listening. Good day. See ya. Later. Thank you for playing.